0: You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and I am joined always by my wonderful uh, co-host over there, Sir Lucian from Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome, silent PH
0: welcome silence yes uh so sorry we were off yesterday i was i just got very very sick um i i did catch the coronavirus i'm not happy about it um i'm still testing positive even though i feel pretty good so Mm -hmm. that is a mindset where you're like oh I'm, i'm probably fine like i'm not contagious and then i go and do a test and it's like you're the most contagious so that's how yeah. this is spreading <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. fyi you're like oh yeah i feel fine no you're you're still real sick um but uh i'm fine family's good we're all we're all just hunkering down quarantining i do want to apologize to my friend Kugo, who is going to be Cugo. the uh guest host last week uh, i have invited him to many things and have, have had to last-minute cancel many oh, times. No. In fact, all times, pretty much. I feel so bad. But You're he, becoming that guy. I am that guy. He <laughs> ran an Eberron campaign with me uh, as the player. That was when I was uh, Zix, the goblin, in the Eberron campaign. And uh, very, very nice guy. Super fun DM. Um, and he was stoked to be on the show. And then it just didn't work out. But... Uh, we we will have him on. I asked him if he wanted to be on this time, but yeah. he said that he had a graduation to go to. So uh, it is yeah. that time. Yeah. So it Lots is that time for graduations. So
1: I was actually super looking forward to seeing you and Kugo on and talking. Yeah, would have been fun. So I I'd be super excited to have him on anytime, for sure. Yeah.
0: No, I'll keep it up there, and and uh, and we'll just talk Eberron and D and D and stuff. Mm-hmm. He uh he's getting really amped for. Uh, what is it? Um, the Radiant Citadel. I guess they're gonna. Oh, yeah. He invited me back, and they're gonna. They're gonna run a bunch of those little scenarios, um, in preparation for Spelljammer, and hopefully, like, turn it into some kind of cool Spelljammer game. And I'm like, that sounds
1: fun. So that works out just because the book, yeah. Oh the, yeah, the releases yeah. and everything. That's the perfect.
0: So I think I think it would be a fun like like, I don't know. I'm really curious about those adventures, which is yeah. funny. Cause I was not, I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't really care about candle keep. I still haven't bought candle keep, mm-hmm. uh, aside from D and D beyond, but not a physical book. Um, but, uh, boy, I, I don't, something about this idea of this radiant citadel. I really, really like, yeah. so
1: me too. And I think it's because it's maybe a location I don't know about, whereas I kind of know about candle keep or I know some stuff. So I feel like, I don't necessarily need to go get another book on that. I might eventually, but this one's talking about a place that we've never visited. We don't know about. It's new, and there's a lot of things, and it could tie into Spelljammer really easily. So yeah, this one's really got my interest too. Yeah. Also, as you were saying, uh you were just talking about that. An idea popped in my head. I'd love to see you create Zix, the Goblin, in a Starfinder
0: campaign. Yeah,
1: you played him in a Spelljammer zix must fit in a no well game. i played him
0: in an eberron game oh eberron. Uh, well but you're right yeah yeah and right. i was a i was a swarm host ranger so it was all about bugs and stuff but uh Ooh. i i i mean nano that space bugs really let's do good. it
1: like yeah this be really fun <laughs> uh
0: apparently zris it's your birthday uh this is always in chat our friend from the uk so happy birthday to yeah, you happy that's awesome birthday. mine's uh, coming up oh
1: secret Secret's it's coming up
0: secret birthday
1: <laughs> June twentieth. It won't be on a show day, though. It'll be close, but not quite. special.
0: Special live stream event for Brit I did. Yes. I th- I liked my birthday. I did a live stream event for that. <laughs> um. Yeah. Good to
1: have you back, sir. Uh. You went camping. You ran around. I guess. Had a good time. I did some uh, fighting event. Yep. Um. I meant to take pictures. Put my armor on, and then never picked my camera up. I brought three cameras. Never even picked any of them up didn't take i was dumb mm-hmm. but, but i had a good day just because i was out fighting and having a good time and seeing old friends it was really kind of the first event of friends i've went to since covid like i've been out shopping or i've gone to right a store. but to see the... might have gone to an outdoor restaurant i feel like i've not gone to like, like that, friends yeah, where yeah it's like, like i've not been a gathering yeah and people know me and they they want to hug you or we were a hugging kind of group even before in the in the reenactment groups um i would imagine kind of like you know the play being your your first big gathering of people and part of like what your normal life was before the covid this was kind of the same for me was going out and but it was outdoors and i stayed away from people and and uh did a good job but i had just a lot of fun being out and uh it felt like a little bit of normal normalcy nor however you would pronounce that word if it is a word um it just felt like you know it was great Something yeah had,
0: and then you get complacent lot. and you're in a play <laughs> yeah. and all of a yeah. sudden and then i go to gen con, a lot of I'll your cast Con, yeah. and i was like ah
1: well here's the cool thing for you you're close enough that you even going to gen con i'm imagining you're gonna have antibodies that even if it's rampant in Gen I, con, you I hope probably get it
0: i hope that's, yeah, it's, that's, it's, it's probably like a blessing fingers. in disguise where I'm just like, all right, we're going to keep these you for go. a month oh, yeah. later. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, Lucian and I are going to Gen Con. We're really excited about yeah. it. Uh, that'll be fun. I did buy a couple of tickets to uh, a few locations or uh, to a two few games, a DCC game and some other yeah. stuff, but boy, they sell out so fast and I, I completely uh, missed the boat, but For me, Gen Con is more like running the booths or seeing people finding my friends and then running games for them, which is what I plan to do. I think we're going to try to get that. uh, I don't know if uh, Conowich is going, but I wanted to run her and Ted and you through a kids on bikes game um, where this was before the pandemic. But in my mind, I had this whole Mm -hmm. game where I was going to use the layout of Gen Con and -hmm. we were going to play ourselves at a convention And then there's going to be like a zombie apocalypse, a little too on the nose now with COVID. So I don't know if I want to do that. But uh, Um,
1: yeah, you know. Yeah. When I did, uh, I volunteered to the Game Master or Dungeon Master for Magpie a couple years ago when we went and they paid for your ticket if you did enough games. And one of the games they had was called Urban Shadows. And you can think of that as like a Supernatural, the show or kind of modern day vampires and werewolves exist ghosts and things exist and it's it's a whole system around that and uh we were able to bring up we could create our own adventure they just wanted us to run a game using uh-huh. that system and so I did just what you talked about i I set they were you know people that were at the convention but they they made characters where one was a you know a vampire or one was uh-huh. a, a ghost hunter or one was you know this or that and uh the the storyline was there was a Kind of a who done it murder at Gen Con, and they were trying to figure out who did it and why and where. You know, was it the knife in the in the you know in the library, or was it with the wrench? And yeah, I was kind of doing that kind of thing with it, and yeah. I thought that was really fun because we had the Gen Con map sitting out, which you could use to to play around with. I thought that was a fun, cool idea to do. So yeah, I like your idea. I love it. <laughs> I love
0: Super it. Super fun. Um, but let's. Let's Now Now we're just quoting uh, MST3K with my good friend, Steve yes. Silverbillet. Uh, I love it so much. Um, I, I made the comment that most of my D&D games just turn into MST3K episodes, I feel. But uh, let's talk about some news. There is some really cool stuff happening in the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, yeah. Go with the release dates,
1: first of all, I guess. those are, Those have been changed, correct, for these new upcoming well, books? This is what's on their website. And it is possible that they've only told us about the changes like in tweets or other places. But I went to their website this morning. Yeah. And that's what's on the website. So it is possible these are some of this is delayed. Yes. Um, But what I saw was July 19th was Journey Through the Radiant Citadel. August 1st was the starter set Dragons of Stormwreck Isle, which was a one through level three adventure set box set the new starter set we had seen with the cool blue dragon on it mm-hmm. it does have dice in it and it's got play mats and stuff and and pre-made characters and stuff so an, a cool starter set if you're looking to get into dungeons and dragons welcome to the show if you are and <laughs> then uh august 16th Spelljammer, which was the you know kind of i think the big summer blockbuster release for us i love that i'm probably getting journey uh, journeys through the radiant citadel but I'm really getting ready for that Spelljammer box that yeah. I want to go pick up.
0: So. Yeah, it looks looks like the delay was just Radiant Citadel and the campaign case of Terrain, oh, uh, yeah. which was one of the Those extra things up. that they were talking yeah. about. So um, I think they wanted that Terrain case to come out with Radiant Citadel, but it just, I mean,
1: ugh. yeah. And that Terrain case, prices, I think it's the supply maps chain. It's all and, and like, the POG tokens of creatures right it's like a full-on monster encounter kit right yeah 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 i think that's what it is yeah
0: um has the the monster like stickers that you can put down or little tokens reusable tokens i should say because i think you can put the stickers on top of them again not something i'm too interested in because i got a lot of minis and stuff but if you're i mean i always talk about doing dungeons and dragons at the game store And like being able to roll that out and then have a bunch of tokens that I can easily swap out for a bunch of different monsters. That's really great. So,
1: yeah. And I think if, you know, sometimes you want to have that visual, but you just don't have the money to buy all of the terrain, all of the minis, which are really cool. You don't have time to paint them if you're buying the unpainted ones, you know, maybe just some tokens and some stickers that move around Mm -hmm. is the way to go. So for sure could be frugal in your gaming hobby. Well, I was for a long time. I made
0: I actually printed out a lot of paper minis. I was big into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but now I have friends who have 3D printers and they there like, "Hey, make this for me." I'm like, Oh, cool. 3D printers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that was the big thing. Um, I thought uh I just wanted to put those up at the front of the show just so people yeah. know what's coming out for the summertime. So, July 19th um, is
0: Radiant Citadel and then yeah. August 1st, Dragons of Stormwreck Isle, which I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. And then the 16th is August 16th, is Spelljammer, which is that three yeah, book, wanna... three mini book set that's coming out. Um, I was going to all... ask you, Go ahead.
1: Mr. Um, Forgotten Realms, where is Stormwreck Isle?
0: I uh, no idea.
1: I don't oh, know if okay. they made I it. Was, up. I was wondering if it's at it a place we know of? Is it, I wonder where it's um, at. Do you Tsunami f- Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought you'd... No. Okay. Chat. Stormwreck Chat Isle. Chat Sleuths. Where is Stormwreck? It's got to be Forgotten Realms, I would imagine. You'd think so. Storm rack- Oh, we did
0: talk about this. I feel storm rack is a. It was a three point five edition, um, like nautical book that had rules for like like nautical adventures and monster mm-hmm. stuff. But storm rack Isle, I don't think is a is a place.
1: Oh, okay. Maybe it just fits anywhere then.
0: Yeah. Now I really want to know.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I do too. Like cuz to me in my mind it seems like that would be a Sword Coast kind of place. I mean, it sounds like a Sword Coast place. <laughs> it sounds very cool. Dragons of Stormwreck Isle.
0: It's a some people online are saying it might be
1: Dragonlands. Oh, a starter. There's a Stormwreck
0: Sea in the Magic the Gathering campaign. Um I don't know. Well, have Interesting. to see. Yeah.
1: Well, we'll, we'll see when we see. get it. Because I've actually bought I bought the Essentials box set, and I loved it. I thought it was a great box set. And when I read through it, if you're brand new to D&D and you want something, Fandelver is always a great recommendation, and that's a good one to go with, too. But the Essentials kit they put out where Chris Perkins kind of redid so the Adventure ones, like, that was really good, too. I like so Chris Perkins' So if you Perkins don't Perkins do that one, <laughs> get the Essentials kit starter set or... I bet this would be pretty good, too. So I'm going to have all three of them.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I bet these sell more. We were talking that these probably sell more than you think. Yeah. And, and that there's a correlation with, oh, like, I don't know, it's Christmas. My son's into d and D. I'll get this starter set. Mm-hmm. And then they get it. And then there's probably, like, a good 80% chance that buying that starter set also turns into a a PHB purchase at some point. Yeah. So uh, it makes sense that they're making new starter sets because in my mind, I'm like, you already have the starter set. And then Essentials, I was like, okay, that makes sense. You're introducing some new rules. But -hmm. then this one came out of nowhere, but Boy, I I just know that it it it's got to turn into direct sales. Yeah. Like for and every one of these is, we sell, we're guaranteed to sell something else. So
1: yeah, and I think while they were building this one, they were building additional languages of them. So I feel like this one would be one we would see if we took a trip to Europe or something, mm-hmm. and we were going through a game store. I bet we'll see a version, you know, an Italian or a French or a German version. Yeah, or, you, you know, know, I guess Spanish Portuguese is the Portuguese, big. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: Because I didn't I didn't know this until a, a year ago, but the RPG scene in Brazil huge oh, like there you go so big like they're mm-hmm. they love it and so I'm like that's cool, cool. that's really cool. Very cool which is why a lot of these like little indie itch.io stuff that Lex and mm-hmm. I review like a lot of them are from South America because they're just cool. like this is Very the cool. stuff we love and um. <laughs> Did you hear about the drive-through RPG Pocket Quest Design Challenge? Oh, I was
1: waiting to hear about this.
0: So this is kind of cool. Uh, I think they're trying to compete with uh, Itch and ZineQuest uh, and things like that. So it's not a contest. It's a design challenge. But the idea mm-hmm. is that uh, RPG is jumping in on this. It's called Pocket Quest. And they want you to make a RPG, 20 pages or less, um pretty simple with the theme of summer camps and that's it and so you you make this you design this and then uh at the and we'll have two months so this started june 1st and then by mm-hmm. august 1st you're going to put it up on a uh, drive Through iprg <laughs> ideally i guess mm-hmm. and then they have a whole bunch of like social media stuff that goes back and forth being like hey uh I don't know like you did you finish the challenge you get you get merit badges is the idea these these images that you can put on your RPG page to be like, well, whatever. And it's a big thing to just kind of like whatever, you could give it away for free, you could sell it for a dollar, you could sell it for $15, like it's all up to you. And drive DriveThru likes this because it's more content on their thing and it gets people to go to the website and obviously this is beneficial for them, but it's also really good if you're a new tabletop RPG kind of designer or you want to like step into that realm to mm-hmm. like here's some support like here's a starter kit here's a discord that i joined that has a whole bunch of authors and stuff um i really think it's cool like i i don't know and maybe it's maybe it's cuz i've worked with uh lisa penrose is kind of like the person that yeah. you're in char- is in charge of all of this and i've worked with her before mhm excuse me i had to cough um but Uh, I I really like this. I think it's kind of cool. I I was upstairs sick watching Stranger Things, and I started writing down rules for an easy little D6 camper system. Mm -hmm. So taking the ideas I was using for that modular D6 that I was trying to write and incorporating it into, like, well, what if we just dumbed it down so that you're you're just a kid? You don't need superpowers. You're just kind of like a kid. Um, And we'll see where it goes. I am busy, but it's one of those things where sometimes the creative fire gets lit underneath you and you're just like, Oh yeah, this is amazing. And so I like challenges like this because it gives me a deadline to then complete. Um, if, if there was a challenge that was like, design a vertical hex crawl, I'm sure we would get this done real quick. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Have it done by July. Yeah. (laughs) uh, uh,
0: But it's, it's, it looks pretty fun. So if you want to jump in, you can. Um, so are you
1: designing rules and an RPG system or are they saying a 5e pocket-sized adventure it's
0: a rules light uh RPG well let me so let me look 5E. at this so what are what are the jams rules um rules light the submissions should no long be no longer than 20 pages and act as standalone games um Fair. ideal submissions are concise and easy to learn this is not a wizards of the coast dm skilled thing this is specifically right. drive-through rpg
1: and not a 5e specific no. contest this is a yeah. oh this is really cool this is um the the guy who created blades in the dark i'll uh, chat will remember his name because it's just left my mm-hmm. brain he is really big into these little three-page rpgs pocket and they do like these challenges once a year where they you know, try to create like wh- exactly what yeah. this contest is. And it's, it's just a way to get really like cool new ideas and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, Very
0: cool. John Harper created. Blaise John the Harper. There you go. So, uh, so you're creating a really simple game. Um, uh, the theme is summer camp. So like mm-hmm. whether you're doing a, it says here, a lighthearted fishing simulation game or mm-hmm. a cryptid horror game, um, whatever you want to do, the the theme is summer camp. There you go. Um, And then you just have to be uploaded by August 1st at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, And then if you wanna kinda social media it out, there's some other stuff. And then there's a a free starter kit to download. And I downloaded it and a lot of it is uh, the badges that you kind of can use to upload like, hey, I did this. Um, But there are a Microsoft Word template which I thought was really cool because not a lot of people have access to InDesign and Adobe and stuff and then there are some other templates for Adobe InDesign and Scribner and some of these like more robust kind of uh editing software and layout software I should say so I I don't know I, I've written two pages so far on a really and it does it says up to 20 pages so if you just get like four pages or one page you're probably okay like it's All right, fun I got my idea uh, okay. Nobody
1: steal it, but I'm going to create the Teenage Romance Simulator. Ooh. Summer camp edition. <laughs> okay. Did you do summer camps as a kid? This is a good question. I did not, but I watched every single summer camp so, movie so many there movies. ever was and wished my parents would have sent me to Man, a summer camp. Now, you know, I did do Cub Scouts. Yeah, I guess that kind of, mm, maybe. A little bit, but we didn't. we weren't gone for days on end, and we weren't like at a camp where strangers were in charge of us for a week. Yeah. You know, like I'd never done anything like that. And I had wished and wished as a kid that my parents would be able to do that. But
0: yeah, I did a lot of Googling when I was researching this. <laughs> How can I send do, myself? What's that? What is the average summer camp stay? Do you think? Like you just I, said I a week. Did say a week.
1: So, yeah. That would have been in my brain a week.
0: Six Maybe weeks. Maybe it's a weekend.
1: Oops. <laughs> like
0: you literally were... And I think this is a, uh, it's, it's very popular in New England on the East coast. And I think it was one of those things where it's like, no, like parents still have to work. They still have to do other stuff. So it's like, you get out of school, you have like a week off, go to summer camp, you come come back six weeks later. (laughs) And then there's like two (laughs) weeks after that, you go back to school. So, uh, oh, my poor son is not happy. He's still not feeling well. (laughs) Um, so I, I don't know. I went to church camps cause I was a very religious family oh, and those that. were yeah. one to two weeks if I remember. Yeah. Um, but like, I was like, Holy cow, six weeks. So, uh, and Steve Silverbillet will know this, but my, uh, my other tour partner when I was working with the children's theater, uh, her name is Megan. Megan was, went to summer camps all year long. Or uh, I mean, she went to summer camps every summer and when she was too old to go to summer camp, she became the camp counselors. Counselors, yeah. And then yeah, did yeah. that all for as long as she possibly could. And so she had all of these fond camp memories of, like, nice. songs. And it was the, like, four to six weeks that she would yeah. do at camp. And when you're working there, yeah, she worked. Uh, anyway, so I I also don't have a lot of, like, fun camp memories. But I I did watch a lot of movies. So I'm well, wondering. The,
1: One interesting thing, we have a camp that's here near us, and one of the counselors is in the reenactment group that I'm in and they brought us out to do a show for the kids who had been out there yeah. you know, at that camp for a long time. And they brought us out and we did a big medieval show of fighting and jousting and, and feasting and and got to eat in their cafeteria with them doing medieval foods. Oh, so fun. they kind of did a really fun thing. That was the only experience I went and, and saw a summer camp as an adult, kids everywhere, teenagers are in charge. It's like, <laughs> are there anybody here over 20? What's, go- yeah, <laughs> what's exactly. going on? But so, it was, uh, the kids looked like they had a blast and they, they loved, um, they had millions of questions about our armor and, and fighting and they were just really seemed like they were having a good time. So I I encourage it. I think if I had a kid, I would try to send them to a summer camp just for that fun.
0: There was a, uh, and then when I was in Wisconsin with the same children's theater, they hired us to do a week long camp with the kids. Oh. Uh, that was the play. And so yeah. during the day they would go canoeing and then in the afternoons they would rehearse with our show and then they would, you know, and so uh, that was kind of fun because we got to stay at this really cool. Uh, that was where I saw my first baby skunk. And I was okay. like, oh, are they don't, I can go pet one, right? Mm-hmm. No, no, you can't. <laughs> no, they they can that. still smell. <laughs> um, super funny. Uh, they all have funny names. So part of the writing I did was coming up with like, a, a name generator to like yeah, come up yeah. with something funny. Camp something. Yeah, yeah like and I, like I was like, oh yeah, camp like Crystal Lake. That's never been used before. It has. <laughs> no. It has. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it got me really excited. I like RPGs. I like designing RPGs. I just have a hard time sticking to it. So I'm hoping yeah. that. Uh, you know, blessing in disguise. COVID, I was like stuck upstairs, bored, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm gonna write. And you know, a whole bunch of research and time later, I have a framework of a little thing. I just need to, I need to know where my game's going, I guess. And and yeah. and then run it a couple times before I put it on the internet. That's the <laughs> other thing. So, um, cool. so drive through RPG. Anyone can enter. I think you guys should try it. Uh, there's no like print cost. Do. And let us know if you do. Yeah, we would love to uh feature some of our listeners and just be like hey this is cool and when it actually comes out uh maybe i can do a i don't know maybe we can come not only highlight some of our other listeners like i can make a video but i also i would like to be like here's jordan's process for actually coming up Mm -hmm. with this like i don't know because i i find that interesting when people are just like so i didn't know what to do and uh then my dog like threw up on my carpet and i knew exactly Mm -hmm. what i was supposed to do so right kind of funny D&D Beyond uh, has released a free Vecna stat block. This is a challenge 26 creature for Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, um, and it is free. It is called the the Vecna Dossier, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is another attempt by Wizards of the Coast, who has now acquired D&D Beyond, to get, uh, get your D&D email.
1: D&D <laughs> They're like, here's,
0: here's a bunch of free stuff. You want free monsters? Hey, mm-hmm. Vecna, you want a free Vecna? You want all this other stuff? Uh, take those uh but in order to get those you got to sign up for free now we have your email we're going to advertise to you uh it's not a bad thing it's just what they're doing so mm-hmm. um
1: i feel like i also heard that there was like you could put a picture on the back of your character sheets that you could print out or you could have on your character sheets on dnd beyond and then you one of them was vecna On the margins of your character sheets, I feel like that was another thing that I saw. I don't know. Yeah, and I wonder if it kind of was part of this Vecna stat block thing. But they were like, they were talking about um, just like an image or like a watermark image or like an image that's in the background of the things you're printing out, mostly like your character sheets. I thought. I don't know.
0: Maybe it it gave a a lot of new lore on him, which is kind of cool. Um, A lot of us in chat, if you, (laughs) it was funny. My the Discord kind of, uh, I wouldn't say blew up, but a lot of us were just like, why does he have two arms? Like, why, why does he have two eyes? Like, what is mm-hmm. happening? And I was like, well, maybe he's missing his arm, and that's why he's got that, like, infinity gauntlet. But then he actively has two eyes. So I was a little upset. I was Well, not upset, mm-hmm. but just like, what? What's but I... Like Vecna before he loses. Though? I I guess so. <laughs> but I do like that he uh, was... Hypothetically wrote The Book of Vile Darkness and uh his body they have it like in his ribcage. like the book of vile darkness is part yes. of him and i thought that was kind of cool uh we'll we'll see lore wise where that goes they changed a couple of things saying um like at at some point he left earth uh and went to go live in a place called citadel cavidius well citadel cavidius is a domain of dread and he was imprisoned there in ravenloft and couldn't get out. Uh and so it was it was kind of funny as we're going through this it's like and then after that he did this and i was like but he was he was like banished there right and so uh i don't know kind of interesting
1: uh, and couldn't he have regrown his arm and eye but somebody still has the originals maybe relics and that's what they're running around with but he's regrown because he's, he's undead powerful, though like, Lich? is he really
0: regrowing things? I don't know.
1: He's the magic power that he has. I guess so. I think he could. He could have forearms if he wants them. <laughs> there you Tentacles. go. Tentacles.
0: <laughs> so uh, the, this also goes in with our conspiracy theory about the um, obelisks within That's uh, true. all of the 5 year adventures. Uh, that in the, the final adventure or uh, Icewind Dale they specifically state that Vecna has been placing these out. So uh, it was like, okay, and now we have this brand new design for Vecna that isn't the Magic the Gathering design for Vecna. Um, And I thought that was really interesting. This is a very different art take on Vecna from the Magic the Gathering one. And it also says within the text here that Vecna is a ty- is, a w- is a lich out of time in that he can kind of go whenever and wherever he needs to be, tying in again with these uh, obelisks that seem to have existed, didn't exist kind of a thing going around. So uh, I think yeah. this is all part of the push for 5.56 mm-hmm. 5, edition. Uh, yeah. I was gonna make a video, but I've I've been sick and stuff. But I I want to make another tinfoil hat video where we talk about like what are the implications of this coming out. So
1: I definitely want you to wear a tinfoil hat. When yes. you do that video. <laughs> you have to, otherwise uh, the mind right. rays get you. So yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, some he does have the new stat block features where um, he has a counter spell that is a ability, not a spell. So you can't mm. counter his counter spell. Kinda sucks. Uh I I would be curious to run this and have people be like, well, you know. And Sly Flourish did a, a really good analysis of the uh Morden multiverse book. What was that called? Mm-hmm. Monsters of the Multiverse. I'm an idiot. Um compared to like that stat block compared to the original one in like Volos. And he, uh-huh. he specifically brings up the wizards where this wizard can cast these spells and then in the new one it's like we've turned those spells into abilities so now the abilities can't be countered um and what are the ramifications of that if you are a power gamer who's like well that's not fair because this wizard isn't playing by the same rules as my character Mm -hmm. and i look at that and i'm like well that's because it's a monster But when you're saying that you're both wizards in this magical world where we're all wizards, like, well, why Mm -hmm. can't I learn Arcane Blast? Well, you're because you're a player, so I don't, I was gonna ask you about that. What do you think? Yeah,
1: well, or and they're not playing with the subclasses of players, get so well. This was specifically like a
0: Conjuration (laughs) Wizard monster, yeah. yeah. So I was like, to me, I I think,
1: yeah, I could see, I always imagine the NPCs can have abilities or items or things upon them or training they've went through or gifts given to them by gods or other powerful entities that even though they say they're a conjur- conjuration wizard and I'm uh-huh. one, we would be very different. Yeah. The The school I went to was a very different school than they went to, you know, and there, there, there could be some differences there. And so I would never let that kind of just be like, they have to play like I play because I'm not really playing monsters, and I'm playing players that have lots of um, rules for players. Uh-huh. They have rules for monsters, so I guess it never b- bugs me. Yeah, I don't maybe know. It does others though. It does, uh, I and I, I have
0: others, yeah. we've had like, and I I actively I very much hate counterspell. So the idea mm-hmm. that I as a have a, as a monster has counterspell to do this really cool thing, um, kind of fun, but like I I have friends that would be very upset that they could they can't be like but I know that and I'm like but does your character like your character (laughs) who grew up as this kind of a wizard like maybe maybe they you know see this and uh -hmm. he he gave a interesting Sly Flourish gave an interesting uh analogy maybe is the word where Mm -hmm. running Tomb of Horrors uh he had players that were constantly using Mage Hand to try and like unlock a door Mm-hmm. And so the Sly Flourish was like, "Well, I don't really want you to do that." So all the doors are fifteen pounds, so you can't open which them with Mage Hand, yeah. which is more and than Mage Hand would move. know that. And they're like, "Well, that doesn't make any sense." Like, blah blah blah. And he's like, "You don't think a Serac knows that that Mei-chan. like <laughs> Mage Hand can bypass all of these traps? Like, you don't think yeah. that he knew that? He probably made every door fifteen yeah. pounds on that for that exact purpose." Yep. Uh, this rings true to that as well like you don't think vecna knows that counterspell can be counterspelled so he created his own that you don't understand how the magic works
1: yeah yeah i totally agree
0: yeah yeah, and if you're that kind of power you're going to keep that secret you know like you're probably not going to tell a lot of people how i do arcane blast or something Mm -hmm. so um but if a player was really interested in that i would Be, I would entertain the idea of turning it into some kind of ability if they wanted to like learn it, much like a magic item, you know, like, well,
1: yeah, yeah, but yeah, adding something in, and I think we all do that as dungeon masters every now and then, we can add in something very cool that makes your players allow them to do something that maybe is not in the rules. uh But hey, just a, a perfect example is in our game, I have a bow that allows me to put Hunter's Mark. And I don't have to use, you know, the concentration so I can still be a normal character and use the normal set I have. But they're giving me this ability to do a hunter's mark because it just fit with his and my idea of how the character worked. And and the bow is the thing that, you know, Uh controls that. So it's, you know, it's not in there. But so I think you hit on it perfectly. Allowing them to quest or research or look for a way and maybe doing a a, a fun mini adventure to learn that would be really cool, even though it's not specifically something they can just flip through the player's handbook and pick when they're creating their new character. Yeah. And we're getting to that point with
0: campaigns. Like I was I was thinking about starting another campaign and people were like, well, are there any restrictions? And I'm like, yeah. I, I was I was like I, I don't wanna bring bring Strixhaven into this. I don't want you mm-hmm. know, and so we're getting to that point where I'm like I kinda for the adventure I want to tell, yeah. I need to narrow down the scope of D D. So mm-hmm. Um But Vecna, he's out there, he's free. Check it out. Uh I'm wishy washy on the art, but uh I like the book in his chest. I think that's kinda cool. Money cook games. Very
1: cool. Yes. Money cook Big games.
0: Big announcement for them, after ten years, um, they are opening up the cipher system for uh, just your average everyday creator, which they're creating a system reference document and an open game license for the cypher system. So now, uh, Lucian, you can finally make your cipher system camping simulator game. Yes, I could. um and release it by yourself without paying Money Cook games anything because they're just giving mm-hmm. it away. Uh, this kind of surprised me in that I was like, why didn't they have that? I guess they didn't. Because, and then you think about it. They really do everything in-house. They're the most unique game company because mm-hmm. they don't hire a lot of freelancers. Everybody's kind of like these on-staff paid people that are generating games for Monty Cook Games. Uh, and that's cool. This will also open up Monty Cook Games a whole bunch. And we were talking about this on the Discord as well. And I thought it was because of the rise of 5e Kickstarters and they were like, well, we want to make sure that, you know, Monty Cook Games, like some supplement made for Monty Cook Games could also have a kajillion kind of things about it or make a million dollars and get in the news. But uh, the Discord was saying that it's probably Morkborg and some of the indie ones that gave theirs out earlier, like Mothership, like completely free right from the get go. Mm-hmm. And those have a very, those have acquired a very large fan base in a small amount of time, and they think it's because of the OGL, and so it's like Monty Cook Games is like, uh, well, do it, you know, like make mm-hmm. make one for Cipher System. Anyone can make anything because they'll still own Numenera, they'll still own all of the yeah. games they've made, obviously. Uh, and by Numenera, I mean like the the intellectual property that is Numenera, just like the Forgotten Realms intellectual intellectual property. Just because I make a game for 5e, I don't get to use the Forgotten Realms. And just because I make a Cypher System game, I don't get to use Numenera. So, mm-hmm. But thoughts. I mean, you love Money Cook and
1: Cypher. I, and I love the Cypher System. Yeah. Um, and the, the one that comes to mind to me when you're saying others that have done it, Powered by the Apocalypse kind of feels a lot like this. And I think its popularity is because there's so many creators that can use Powered by the Apocalypse to make the games that they yeah. want. So if you want to build more community around Cypher-style around games. You yeah, like can't Cypher, just wait yeah. for their team to build all of it, give the community the ability to come in and start building lots of cool things, too. And I think that's great. I mean, there's there's all kinds of games I could think of that would fit in the Cypher system because it's a little bit lighter of a system than, say, 5e or Pathfinder, but it's definitely a little bit more substantial than say you know kids on bikes or powered by the apocalypse apocalypse. there's a little bit more crunch to it than that so it's a nice middle ground and it fits so many genres because you already have so many examples of it fitting in other genres that you really could do just about anything so i'm super excited i think it'd be really cool to have you know and I think, yeah, and I was trying to think what game out there has yep. not been represented that I'd be like, oh, this would be the one that would really fit in Cypher system really well. There's so many cool franchises that are already getting games now that I would have used, like doing something like Aliens or G.I. Joe yeah. or some of those. They, they finally have those and those are now coming out. Here's mine. I think I think one that would be really fun. And I there maybe there is a game out, but maybe a Transformers or a Voltron. Yeah, would be a really cool cypher system game where you could create the different things that come together and form a super thing. And that, and that would be good for cyphers too because it. it's like,
0: yeah. I've used this cypher and now it's like, Transformers feels like, I don't know, like I use my gun and now it's out and I can't use it yeah. anymore or something like, yeah.
1: yeah. And just the the quick rolling of the D20s and how yeah. the, the intrusions can happen and how you spend your pools for points. Mm-hmm. So you, you are using risk and reward. Yeah. Um, and it, i think it would be an and i believe hasbro's making like a, a transformers system. game with oh, okay. gi joe and uh <laughs> which i will buy then <laughs> uh
0: the mighty morphin power rangers game already came That's out it. and i think that is going to be the same system so but right, they're so they're working with voltron. on it, but I mean, but you voltron do voltron would
1: there you, there you go. A really fun one
0: or yeah. generic japanese like yeah. or the other sword voltron fighting.
1: which was all the vehicles yeah. which was like 20 vehicles that came together instead of just five lions it was like there's another style of oh he-man the rpg that could be cool too yeah that could be cool
0: so so those ones big win for for the community like that's really what it comes down to this is awesome i would
1: like to see what they're going to provide and are they going to give us artwork stuff are they going to provide i don't think
0: artwork uh but cuz usually system reference documents aren't artwork they're like here is the specific wording that we use that make it a yeah. cipher system game gotcha. um because there was a there was a court ruling that is upheld pretty well that you can't copyright game mechanics i can't copyright the idea of rolling a d6 and mm. saying that a six, 6 is a success uh that is impossible, but the way you describe it, like you can copyright the text that you wrote. So doing this is a way for, and it was the same thing with 5e, doing this is a way for me to make a 5e adjacent game without having to be like, I can't really describe it as advantage and disadvantage, but I can describe it another way. But now, now you just can, you know, now Mm -hmm. like, oh, if I want to make a game like Cypher adjacent, because I love Cypher, then you Mm -hmm. can. Um, or, or where a lot of people do this is supplements, like I could make whatever, you know, and we didn't, we haven't really talked about this before, but I know of some people that are running a Eberron game using Savage lands system. Uh And it made me think like, that would be really interesting to run forgotten realms with, you know, a cypher system or something like that. Like, I like the idea of doing weird things like that every once in a while. Um, or even running Numenera with 5e, uh, and people that love that, you know, like I have my homebrew setting or something. I'm gonna make it. Here's the here's the Cipher version. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It does ask the question: Are we gonna get to the point where we have all of these system reference documents that, like, when Jordan and Lucian go to build something, you're like, well, here's the Pathfinder version. Here's the 5e version. Here's the Cipher version. Here's the Powered by the Apocalypse version. Play whatever system you want. We have made a version of our world, you know.
1: Actually, so. now that I think about it, I've already done this. Not <laughs> officially, and I didn't release it yeah, yeah. You know, as a game. But when I wanted, there was a anime um, that was called Grimgar. And when I wanted to run my first game as a dungeon master, I ran it at home with some work friends and I, create, I used the Cypher system because I thought 5e was too much to try to teach a group of people for a single, I, in my head, it was a single session. But Cypher system, as I'd been reading it, was really easy to teach to somebody in just a single session. And so instead of using 5e, I used Cypher system to build a game to play with friends at my house around the concept of that anime, which was you wake up from your world and you're in a tower and there's a bunch of like monks and clerics there that are helping you get up and they start to introduce you to this new world. And they tell you, we don't know why it's happened. We don't know what happens, but every day or every time on this anniversary groups of people like you just show up. Hmm. So we try to take care of you. And the story goes from that to, you know, that's what the the whole anime is about. And I was like, that's such a cool idea because it explains why they're playing characters who don't know the world, and they don't know how things work. And that's yeah. what they were. They were all players who had not played. So I thought this is a perfect marrying of concepts, and I used Cypher System to pull it off. Yeah. And it worked really well. Built classes, used those mechanics, and everybody had a great time, and it turned into a four session game instead of just a one. That's cool. And that's how I met also LB Hack'em Up, because the people that played were at the same workplace she worked at. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I, it's I, all I, I coming together. <laughs> That's
0: fun. Uh, I think I mean this is really cool. So uh yeah. we'll we'll see where this goes. Cool. Uh Monica games, they're they're making cool stuff. Um the the, the 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 amount of Kickstarters are gonna go through the roof, I think, now that like a lot I of these game that. systems are opening up. So very um, cool. Uh,
1: Free RPG Day is June twenty fifth. I, well, you, you didn't say what game you would create. I said what game I would create. Oh. You didn't say what game Jordan would create. For Scythe. For system.
0: Scythe. I've only played Numenera. Um, no. I don't know. Like, I, I probably... I probably... Actually, so I feel like Numenera and Eberron are, like, adjacent in a way. Um, yeah. Th- not the same, but I'll say adjacent. Techno Magic. Yeah. And when and- I was... R- prepping the Eberron game i had um i was using the new Monera for 5e that they released or uh arcane Anci- ancients of the arcane or something um and so i would do something similar like i think i would i would want to make uh an Eberron game using the Numenera like class mm-hmm. features and stuff. I think that would, would be would you lean a lot
1: of fun. into the the steampunk part of it? Would you lean into just the technomancy part of it? Technomancy,
0: into, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. and and maybe expand certain things like hacking challenges to understand. So so hacking cool. for yeah. an arcane perspective. So instead of a thief picking locks, you're actually like undoing web of arcane energy or something. I don't know.
1: So very cool. Like it. I'd buy it
0: uh okay (laughs) i got one customer guys um free rpg day is the end of this month and i don't i we should have been talking this up more but i didn't even really think about it until uh goodman games started talking about it but uh it's june 25th um and so go go out for free rpg day i called my my local game shop and said hey you doing free rpg day and they said yeah and i'm like awesome uh, and then I said, you know, next month is July 16th, DCC days, are you doing that? And they're like, ah, oh, I don't know, I don't think, and I'm like, Oh, you gotta do it. <laughs> so, I have two uh, game stores in my town, and one of them is doing DCC days, the other was wishy-washy on it. I'll probably drop by both just to see if they're they're doing stuff, but I want to run some games. Uh, so, they're, uh, Goodman Games just released the a preview PDF of the adventure. It's a zero level funnel that you can get for free for DCC days. Um, and for free RPG day, they're going to release a whole bunch of stuff too. Uh, you can go to freerpgday.com or goodmangames.com, but keep those on your calendar, June 25th and July 6th. I feel like
1: free comic day is around that time too. Or like my, maybe it's just my store. Free comic combines, day is in May. Is it? Cause I feel like my store combines them. Cause like yeah. when I go to pick stuff up, they have, RPG stuff, but then they also have. Yeah, like, here's some free comics. here. Yeah, them. it's probably because they have leftover things. stuff. So free comic yeah. book day
0: is uh, at the first weekend in May. Oh. Um, so that is come and gone. That was May May uh, oh, something. It. The next one is May sixth next year. So, <laughs> but but no, uh, my game store does free comic book day as well um mm-hmm. and so you'll notice like but their comic selection is so small i think it's just one of those like if you're in that nerd area you're like yeah and we also mm-hmm. sell some collectibles on ebay like i think they all kind of just that's how they make money i don't know so yeah very
1: cool
0: and my comic book store sells a bunch of magic the gathering and pokemon cards and so i'm sure it's all like i don't know
1: anyway. it's really a gr- one of the greatest stores on earth
0: really. yeah there you go <laughs> happiest place on earth so keep those dates in mind yeah. uh pathfinder report
1: go well, not so much a report, because oh. a lot right now of releases are adventure paths and things. Um, we are about to get the big um, drift crisis in Starfinder. For any of you Starfinder fans out there, that looks really fun. They've been putting out more videos on it. But I was just reading my Book of the Dead again just Ooh. the other day, and there was something in here that I thought was really cool. Um, they were talking about the types of undead, and the way they write this is kind of like listening to a Canaan or a Volo when they're talking about, they, they have a, a first-person kind of view person who's, in my studies, I found this and that, and they were talking about undead, and I thought the way he described them, or this author described them, was really cool because they said, you have the type of undead that's called a, a consummate undead, and these are the ones that um, choose to let negative energy in, and it allows undead-like features to happen. So your vampires, Your liches and things like that—they're seeking it out and they're allowing this this negative energy in. But then it talks about like the hungry uh, undead, and these are the ones where their hunger has gotten so great, it's the hunger that animates them, not necessarily the desire for power or the desire to to do something. And so they're a different type of undead, and that negative energy only affects a certain part. So like the zombies, they let the negative energy in their entire body. Whereas the hunger is all about, there's just a certain part of, a, of an undead. And then there's like this other part that they were talking about. So there's like three different ways that negative energy affects things. And that kind of decides or, or helps put them in a, a category of undead. I thought that's such a cool concept that I've never gotten out of Dungeons and Dragons because they never really tie in skeletons and zombies um whereas this kind of goes in and says this is what's happening negative energy is causing these things if you have a full body negative energy you're you're kind of this type of thing if you're just maybe just your brain or maybe just your stomach is the only part where the negative energy has come in now you're uh you know you're a a white or you're uh you know something that's like a uh i was trying to think of uh not a wraith but um the ravenous ones i'm just thinking you know zombies are always ghouls
0: and stuff yeah
1: ghouls ghasts those kinds of things and then the ones that are constructs are ones where the negative energy is animating what's and that's where you get like a skeleton but there's no there yeah. yeah there's no consciousness to it it doesn't do anything on its own it's negative energy that is working on inanimate material and that still is bones or whatever and and stuff like that and that and like you're right so zombies and skeletons and the things that are like that so i thought that was a cool way to explain how undead work and then they go into character options and how you could have this be a part of like maybe you're a part of this or you're Mm -hmm. a hunter of this um you know or whatever so if you haven't gotten this book i i it's a great reference just to read about thinking about undead in general, even if you're not using the specific rules from Pathfinder Second Edition, I just love the way they put this in and it could be a resource for yeah, any of the games. It's
0: play. almost like a, a scientific view of it in yeah. a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like they,
1: they were really studying how and what is happening. And it they talk about the balance between death and what life is. And he goes into this cool argument about life is only the vessel so death can exist. Like you have to have life and it has to die for there to be the undead, the dead. You know, So there's this cool dynamic it talks about in the book. That's just very interesting. Mm -hmm. So I just thought in a cool resource, even if it's not the game system you're playing, it's a really fun resource if you're into dead. And I love, my favorite thing to add to any campaign is undead stuff because to me, players going full bore, I'm going to kill, mutilate, destroy, undead is never wrong, right? Maybe it's wrong to go and and attack the orc village, or maybe it's wrong to fight the elves or something. You know, there's a lot of moral conundrums that you can get into at times, at tables. But the evil reanimated corpse, Go after the (laughs) (laughs) zombies? Nobody's ever on the side of the zombies or the skeletons, right? So I always thought that's that's always Someone
0: has to tell his
1: zombie wife and kids. And then, yeah, there's probably a zombie uh, fan out there of the show, and they're like... Look at that again. Zombie lives Lucian, matter, Lucian, guys. <laughs> man. He's against against the undead. <laughs> that's funny. <clears> so <laughs> he's officially come out
0: as being against yes. the undead hordes of the yes. Underdark. Yes, uh, that's funny. No, that's cool. Um, and actually, kind of ties into the uh, I did a I did a, a YouTube video on souls and like what yeah. is a soul and what happens to your body and stuff. And there are some interesting rules, and it's it's left ambiguous for a reason. But uh, the idea that humans in a DD and d RPG setting have a dual existence where their soul actually belongs to another realm and their body belongs to the material realm. And I, I thought that was a really interesting way of saying it. And then they were extrapolating on that like fey creatures, their body and soul are both tied to the fa- fairy realm. So if they die on the prime material plane, there's no body like both of it. Both of yeah. it dissolves back into the fairy realm, into the Feywild.
1: And in this and, one, it talks about the negative energy on a soul. Yeah. That's how you get the ghosts yeah. and the ghasts and the incorporeal.
0: Yeah, and that's and they were saying it too yeah. when the stuff I was reading is that a a ghost is someone who got trapped in the ethereal plane... And so now they're tied to the prime material plane when they shouldn't be, and that drives mm. them crazy, and that's why ghosts can do all this yeah. other stuff. That's so cool. uh, it's it's fun. I I mean, this is this is my jam. Like, I love yeah. lore. I love thinking about, like, well, why did this happen, rather than just, like, I don't know, there's
1: a big monster. Like,
0: hmm, Yeah, yeah. And it what can do it these eat? things. Like, but uh,
1: then I like the idea that somebody studies that, and they try to find out, well, how did it get that? Yeah. Is it a genetics thing? Is it a... Uh, a curse is it a, yeah. a, a how does magic, magic work subject. and i like that idea yeah. like
0: I'm, my body's gonna be a vessel for negative energy now i'm a yeah. vampire like it's kind of cool yeah
1: so i liked uh, it so a good resource yeah
0: super fun uh what's going on with magic oh, oh the magic God. the gathering D Baldur's gate set came out
1: yeah uh, i'm gonna go buy it that yeah that, that's I commander <laughs> i i totally rut
0: right, right over my head but that's a commander deck that i'm not familiar yeah. with how to play commander
1: um, but uh, a lot of cool themed cards out there, like really cool stuff. So I got to get them. I got to yeah. get them for sure. And that's what I was looking up. Cause I was, I was trying to find just before the show started, if the Baldur's Gate one had come out and it looked like it did. But then I saw another little article blurb over to the side, and it caught my eye. And I'm like, well, after today's show, I'm gonna drive over to my game store today and pick up some of the Baldur's Gate stuff because I want the artwork and I want to see. And again, I haven't played Commander. I was gonna ask you how to play Commander because you're the, you're the <laughs> gathering aficionado. I just know that it can be two to four people, <laughs> people that can play, but yeah, and, and I think and it's you have a different to have one. Rules.
0: Uh, you can only have one type of a card in your deck, and it has to be a hundred cards. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so it's a different anyway, like format. It's a different format, but it's still Magic. Yeah. You're still playing Magic,
1: yeah. yeah. And I thought that's so cool. So I want to go get all these because I think that'd be fun, and I want to bring them to Gen Con with us so that maybe we can have some and we can just yeah. whip them out and play. But then I saw on August twelfth, Magic the Gathering is meeting my favorite other fantasy slash sci fi realm out there besides like Dungeons and Dragons is warhammer 40k or even warhammer fantasy which i love absolutely and they're gonna come but they were like the juggernauts that fought each other in the gaming space i always thought in my head because it was like i always thought um warhammer being well we're gonna win all the gamers over by doing a tabletop cool game and DD was like no we're gonna do a tabletop rpg and that's how we're getting all the gamers and we're gonna do stuff that brings them to our but now they're coming together. It's like two villains or two, the superhero and the and the villain coming together to work together. It's just crazy. I love Warhammer 40K and I love Warhammer Fantasy. To see them in a Magic the Gathering card set blew my mind. August 12th, go check it out. Um, you can find this out on the internet. They've only done a little bit of blur, but they've started to show some of the artwork. And I, I hadn't really thought of a Magic the Gathering system that was futuristic. In my head, and I think they have done this, but in my head, Only I recently. Think Magic the Gathering has been fantasy, yeah. magic-based. Uh, and, and then in that medieval fantasy or ancient fantasy kind of stuff, it never dawned on me because they just did that Neo-Japanese Neo-Japa- one. That That's I know the one I'm, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I'd never thought of, like, how do we do a, a, a modern-day one, right? And Or even just a, a futuristic one. Now we're going to do Warhammer 40k. Uh, I will buy these cards. My wallet is going to be burning when I go pick all this stuff up.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of this set, but I can't. And I think
1: it's a commander set also. Oh, it is? Okay, that's kind of cool. Understanding the commander set from the Baldur's Gate thing will help me also understand how to play this Warhammer 40k commander set release. We're going to get Tyranids in Magic the Gathering. (laughs) My head is exploding. It's just like bringing, you know pop culture things that you love that you never thought would come together. And then all of a sudden there's an announcement that says, yep, we're coming together. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. Cool. It's
0: like when Marvel and DC made their yeah. like crossover comics it, back in the day. Sure. Yeah. The Kamigawa set was very, uh, I guess there was magic, but like uh very techno cyberpunk. Yeah, I thought and it was Cyberpunk, weird. Neo I thought it Japan, was weird because I remember they did a Stranger Things uh, Magic the Gathering set, but that was like a special promotion, mm-hmm. and this was like a core release. But yeah. uh, I guess I don't know. You're uh, not not running out of ideas, but like Very you're going to expand at some point. So. Yep. Uh,
1: I liked it. Interesting. So I'm all about it. If you guys are into those two genres, um, that's the genre. Warhammer 40K and Warhammer Fantasy are the ones that, when they got brought to Total War, and they turned it into a game that's a tactical game that you could play using the Total War instead of doing a historical battle, they brought in this fantasy world of Warhammer. Uh huh. Blew my mind, and it's so fun to go back and play all that stuff. That's why I always want the people that are building movies for Dungeons and Dragons. I want them to build movies for Warhammer 40K. I want them to, you know, I want the success. Some of that those DVD video games are
0: really good. The War, and, Warhammer yeah. ones, because they have so, so much like history and lore. And, and stuff. there's yeah. so
1: much lore. Like if you were a lore junkie or you want to do a lore channel. That's a lot of novels. Warhammer 40K has you covered because you'll be making videos for years if you're doing that. That's a lot of,
0: <laughs> lot of novels to read. Yeah. Oh, man. Good,
1: good authors, good novels. Yeah, I love it. Great, uh, dark
0: world. great. Well, that's our show.
1: Did you play? Well, you didn't play any because you were. I've been sick, quarantined. I, uh, <laughs> I did,
0: I did suggest in July that we should pick up, uh, we should do the Eberron game. Yeah. And then I had three players make characters immediately and sent me backstories, and I was like, okay, I guess this might be happening. This is happening. So uh, we're gonna try and find a date for that. I just don't know when. Um, I don't know. And then, uh, after the, my play ends, um, which will be the end of the month, uh, the dungeon crawl classics crew were like, Hey, we want to play too. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So they want to play. So I might, I might be like full on playing lots of games here shortly. So that'll be good for me. Cause I miss playing games a lot. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Reading yeah. through these books and these pocket sizes, yeah um has has me really geeked i'm so close to really just starting something up and running some players and i think i might do something like we've been talking about where grabbing some of the the show fans we've done it before in my Revenor yeah. game um you know just look for a couple of people and just say hey can you play yeah. on this night and
0: uh, steve who steve zerk who has been uh, very generous with his um mm-hmm. super chats and things like that uh, and being a member on the channel here uh, he keeps telling me, Jordan, we're, we got to do this all drow uh, Patreon game. And I hear you. And I, I, this is, there is a plan to do that. And I think, yeah. I'm trying to think, Henry, hand- <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of uh, a price point. And maybe I'll talk about this on Patreon, <laughs> but like, I want to do like a Patreon tier and then maybe run, like, if you subscribe to this tier, I will run two games a month for like, three months and then we'll get like six sessions and the and the game will be done and I think that would be really fun um, but that is also yeah, something cool. I want to do because you guys have been talking about it a lot and it'll be a lot of fun so <laughs> uh that's it that's our, that's our show, that's very excited our show. we could talk a whole bunch more but I have to go uh, take a COVID test and see if I can perform in my play tonight. I've got to go buy magic cards yeah <laughs> Um we will be back next week with another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D show, maybe with a guest, we'll see uh, if uh, Kugo jumps in and, and joins mm-hmm. us, if not, uh, this is fun. I love chatting Actually, with you guys. For
1: sure, I will be gone the twenty fifth. So that's we'll here next free week RPG and day. And I'll be gone the next one.
0: That is free RPG day. Um, okay. Maybe I'll do a live stream from my phone on free that RPG day. Fun. That could be so fun. We'll see. Okay. Uh, Thanks, everybody. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week uh, and have a have a safe, wonderful uh, June. Bye bye.